Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I mean, you guys are the best team in Chicago. Everybody knows that. We all know that the afternoon show is not afraid of anything, really. Yeah. But Afternoons on the score. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. In transition today, we got the news at the end of the Chiefs Super Bowl parade that there was a shooting. There's now confirmations of one dead and between 10 and 15 injured. Two people taken into custody. So we will discuss this probably more at length coming up at 5 o'clock. We were monitoring the press conference that's coming out of there, texting with some people down in Kansas City. But... It's obviously awful, and we know that talking about anything else feels trivial, but we also know that you come to us to get away. And uh, I will admit to be – I mean, my, my wife's mom was there. My mother-in-law was there. My best friend was there mm-hmm. with his wife and sister uh, and her best friend, who I've known for you know 10-plus years, uh, Nick Wright of Fox Sports 1. His show was on from the parade, and they just like cut away from it and went to Fox National Programming. Ben Heisler, Chicago area guy who's been my friend since fourth grade, was my producer in Kansas City. He's made his life in Kansas City. He was there with his oldest son. He was there. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, uh, it's been an awful day, obviously. And we can all relate to the dream of having a parade like that and a celebration like that and some of the realities of having it. There's a million people there. There's a million people there in downtown Kansas City. The shots were fired um, apparently just to the left of the podium at towards the very end of uh, of the parade and the day and news folks um ha- like were told to jump under the platforms from which they were broadcasting and or filming it's uh so just just craziness um in a in an atmosphere that we can all relate to uh in a city like this one that's yeah, for sure completely completely terrible so uh so there's that. There's that. But as you say, it's it, it's an odd thing because everything, every other conversation feels trivial, and we will talk about it in a bigger picture sense at around five o'clock, and think yep. about sports gatherings in general. Yep. So um, we are we are going to now hear from some of Kevin Warren and his. You know what I mean? It just sounds ridiculous. But <laughs> but 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 Kevin Warren talked to uh, to Jarrett Payton at WGN. And, you know, the goal is for him to 
be a part. There's the natural segue. I yeah. was going to offer it. Yeah. And maybe I should have just gone there no, for you and okay. helped you out it, in your, in your it, moment of distraction. It, no, it's okay. But, yeah, Kevin Warren dreams of one day being at a podium. And <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's. feels so ham-fisted. It does. It does. Well, uh, but well, this fist was made for ham. All right, you so here, I mean? here's Kevin Warren on uh, what, get, getting the Bears back to the Super Bowl with his favorite example. It's been almost 40 years since the Bears won a Super Bowl and almost 20 since they appeared in one. What's a reasonable expectation for Bears fans to be able to get this team back to competing for another Super Bowl championship? I mean, that's a great question when you look at this. And that's one of the reasons why I was so focused on how we ended up last year is because, you know, you get toward the end of every season. You're not only finishing that season, but you're already starting the next season. And, and how you end a lot of times will positively impact how you start. And we have momentum, you know, the way we ended last year coming into the offseason. Um, so I'm pleased with where we are. All you have to do is look around the league that there have been teams. I lived it. We went from worst to first. I mean, we won four games, four and 12, and then go 16 and three. But you look at the run Detroit had, and I'm convinced that run Detroit had this year really started in Green Bay, you know, winning that game and then carrying it, you know, over. Um, and so one of the good things that, that I love coming to the Super Bowl every year is come Sunday night, all 32 teams in the NFL are going to be all 0-0, okay? It's not like you can carry over wins. It's, it's no teams are going to start next season and have three wins already before we start the season. We're all 0-0. So I think it comes down to us as an organization, from ownership to everyone in our organization. Do we believe we're champions? Are we willing to put in the work to be a champion? Are we focused on being a champion? And are we put our mind toward that it's time for us uh, to not only get to a Super Bowl, but to win a Super Bowl? And so as of Sunday night, we're all 0-0. And teams have proven it. Like I said, I lived it. So for me, I go into every year, not just in lip service, but truly expecting that it can happen. We went from four wins to 16 wins, that it can happen. Man, all right. Can I admit to um, an interesting place I find myself in terms of listening to Kevin Warren and dissecting Kevin Warren? You can admit anything you want, buddy. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Look, here's the deal. Uh, for a lot of years, I was screaming about them needing a football president, a sports-based executive who is not... You know, Ted Phillips, um, a, an accountant and flunky who rises up the ranks of a dysfunctional family business, right? So, understandably, I celebrated the arrival of Kevin Warren, that sports-based executive to help facilitate all sorts of things, certainly the stadium, but more. So... I celebrate it, and that has led to me to be in a position of defending it, uh, oftentimes in conversation with you or Bernsey or others. But here's the other thing. I don't want him anywhere near football decisions. Like, I want him as a sounding board. I guess that's near. But he said this morning, he said that I heard uh, uh, David Hall playing it this morning. He's going to the Combine. Okay, he's going to the Combine. That's great. So he can talk to people that matter for what he does. But I hope to God he's not scouting offensive linemen at the Combine. When he says, <laughs> we did this with the Rams, he was a lawyer. I, he was a lawyer with I, the Rams. I, I, so, so I know. So, but, but this is the thing. So, but, but there is. So there's his personal desire to make it seem like he's involved on all the football stuff and his ego. There's that. And that is off-putting at times. Okay? So I'm admitting that. 
But his value in hopefully getting a stadium done and maybe some other soft factors in terms of talking to certain people or representing a certain power and a certain, you know, largesse and gravitas because, hey, he's been the commissioner of, uh, of the Big Ten and these other things. There's value to him there. So I find myself annoyed and then I think, well, I should express the annoyance, but I still defend his existence. You know what I mean? It's just an odd place um, that I find myself in talking about this guy. He talks about football a lot. Too much. (laughs) Which is why I showed you the picture the other day from the Chiefs after party at the club in Vegas. Yeah. And it was Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Mm -hmm. Ludacris and a couple of other dudes who uh, looked like they were, like, on the team or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then there was a goofy white dude in a suit holding up three fingers. And I was like, hey, do you know who that is? (laughs) And you're like, no, I don't. And I said to Bernsey, I was like, hey, you know who that is? And he was like, no, I don't. And I said to Lawrence, I was like, hey, do you know who that is? And he said, no, I don't. I said, his name's Mark Donovan. He's the president of the Chiefs. He's there, Kevin Warren. And not a single solitary person who's a Chiefs fan would credit him with a single solitary thing about any of their football success. It's not what the job's supposed to be. It's not. It's to help run the business and make the money and do the sponsorships and the legal side of it, uh-huh. or the accounting side of but, it, or but whatever. It, but that part of it has always been terrible for the Bears. And if you do Not that, the making money side of it. Well, but the the a lot of time, the contracts and the way that they're perceived, and certainly the stadium that they built in the '90s, an absolute freaking debacle. Sure, sure. Well, but but again, that, so that's what I've been saying about Kevin Warren, man. Talk to me about the stadium. Or the big picture culture of the organization. Like, I would be, like, the firings of those coaches, Alan Williams and uh, the running back coach, help me out. Um, what was his name? The running back coach. David, David Walker. David Walker. Um, maybe that is a Kevin Warren thing. I'd like to hear him talk about those kind of cultural things. The, you know, maybe, maybe in years past, we would have brushed it under the rug and hoped that, uh, you know, the scandal never came to light. Here, we got the violations. We're not going to do that. We got the reports. We're not going to allow that sort of thing. We acted proactively. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's something that he's sure. doing in terms of, like, you know, heading off a controversy before it gets too big. Okay, great. But don't talk to me. Don't don't, don't talk to me about football, and I know what it sure. takes to be a champion. And uh, No, you don't. And I, Neither I, do I, by the way. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I like, got you. Like, but we'll, we'll talk about this as the combine approaches. Like, he talked about going to the combine. I think there are useful things that he can do. And and we'll do at the combine and 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 certainly you know we've talked about some specifics in the past like if if Kevin Warren were here and he checked in with Ryan Pace and Ryan Pace said we're not going to interview these other quarterbacks we don't need to bother to do that we have our guy he might have said you know what I don't think that sounds like good process to me and, sure and, and I would I would sure if he has that kind of relationship with Ryan Poles who has an elevated sense of process already then that would be great. He's here to get a stadium done, and he's here to go through the organization and make sure that things are functioning at their best and at their cleanest as a leader. And I hope he's really good at that. I hope so as well. But, I mean, this quote about fields that we played some of yesterday, Mm -hmm. Tanny, like this – a lot of people are saying, hey, look, Kevin Warren is saying this about Justin Fields. That must mean they're going to stick with Justin Fields. I want to know if you hear it that way. I know from my standpoint, and I, I come to the table, I'm a um, supporter of Justin. 
you know, because I got a chance to work with him when I was commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. He is incredibly talented. Uh, he is smart. Uh, he works hard. And uh, he wants to be a great NFL football player. Um, and, and so now he just needs to make sure that he has the support around him. He's working hard. And then I would love to see him, you know, this offseason, make sure he's totally healthy going into the season next year. Um, you know, this is a difficult game. And if, you, and if you think about professional sports, but let's talk about professional football, it's an incredibly difficult game. And then when you think about the quarterback position, it is, it, it is it's difficult. And so, um, and it's, you know, Justin has a rare combination of intelligence, of size, of strength and speed. You forget how big of a, of a man he is until you're up on him. He's not a small man. And, um, and so I just think every year he's gonna continually get better. Um, and um, so I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears. So that sounds like a guy saying what he thinks um, about a football player and a person and saying very nice things about Justin, which all track completely because Justin is a good dude. He's clearly a good man and a hard worker. And, uh, and, and he's clearly a good quarterback. The question is whether he can be a great quarterback. But that doesn't sound like an endorsement of anything other than the truth of the moment, which is that I'm, I'm glad that he's a Chicago Bear. I mean, none of these guys, him or Poles, none of them are going to try, are going to tip their hand. They're going to continue to say nice things about Justin as they talk about evaluating. I tend to think so too. And it's funny. People are at this point hearing what they want to hear. Everybody's doing it. And and we're guilty of doing it sometimes too. I agree. It's confirmation bias. I, I, I agree. I, I, t- I totally so hear I, it. I, I'm not judging people for doing it. I'm asking the question if someone in his position, he's giving this interview for a reason. He's a politician. His, na- his title is literally president. You know, he, he is a politician. When he talks about things with the stadium and the lakefront, we assume it has something to do with Arlington Heights. And, you know, we always try. So he knows when he gives this interview, he's going to be asked this question. Which is the job he's, of an executive. He's not a dumb person. Crane Kenny does the same thing. Jed Hoyer did the same thing today in talking about both Pete Crow Armstrong and Cody Bellinger. Right, but when, but we don't, generally speaking, ask Crane Kenny about Cody Bellinger, though it happens sometimes, you know, and that's often led to some like, hey, should that be happening? And then crossing of wires here. So what should Kevin... Kevin Warren could give that interview to Jarrett Payton and say, I love Justin. I've known him since the Big Ten. He's great. He represents the Bears tremendously. All football decisions are Ryan's. That's, to me, what he could say to not let people run with the speculation that, oh, Kevin Warren's giving us a hint here that Justin Fields is going to be back on the Bears. Because it's the end. It's the summation at the end as he tries to tie up the answer, and he says, I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Right? That is is allowing people to think, oh, well, if the president of the team is glad that he's on the Chicago Bears, then Mm -hmm. he must be glad that he's going to be on the team going forward because he says he keeps getting better, so then he would keep getting better going forward. I. I don't really see a point in him saying it. Well, because uh, 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 I don't because I, 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 I don't think it's about trade value. I don't think the Steelers are like Oof. Kevin Warren said. You know, I, I don't I don't think that there's much of a point in him saying that. I will tell you this, and we can say this with with authority, that the presidents of the sports operations, say the president of baseball operations, they're constantly 
uh, afraid that the president of business operations will say something that tips their hand. They're, they're always afraid of that kind of thing. So, like, and Kevin knows that. Like, he's not going to say anything to damage Ryan Poles's oh, situation he, or he, leverage. He's a smart guy. Yes. He's a smart guy. But I'm saying, like, so, but that, that quote didn't strike me as being particularly helpful yeah. to Ryan Poles' mission. You? No. <laughs> right? No. Uh, all right, you want to get some of the stadium stuff? Yeah, I don't know that it was helpful. I don't know that it was, it was, it was unhelpful. I don't think it was damaging. But I, un- I think he tried very carefully to play it down the line, and I think he, he pretty much did, except for the final couple of, couple of words. I, I guess I just Glad mean, he's on the Bears. I guess I just know. It's not a mistake. It's not like Jared Payton caught him walking to Starbucks from his limo. You know, he that was a twenty-minute sit-down interview. He, he was it was planned. Mm-hmm. It was a planned interview. You know, you're going to be asked about the quarterback situation. Why would you not say all football personnel questions are for Ryan? It's his decision, and I'm just here to advise him. You know, I just it it it, it just doesn't seem particularly helpful to the discourse. I don't think it damages his trade value. I don't think it helps his trade value. Uh-huh. I, I'm not attaching sinister motive to it. It's just he's. He's a politician. I, He's you a know, guy who likes to answer a question. I'd love to talk to a a former football president about that now that we have some more knowledge. You remember we we searched into a couple. Joe Banner is one guy that we talked to who was helpful. Yeah. I remember that Banner, the comp of Banner in Cleveland ended up being a pretty good one as we discussed the Bears' situation and what they were going to do. So somebody like that, now that we have a little more perspective on it, could be helpful. Okay. So we can we can get into that. The the stadium stuff from Kevin Warren is fascinating. I, like because there's also the idea of the two stadiums, but here's what he's talking about in terms of the location and the lakefront. One good thing about Chicago, there's not a lot of options. There's a handful of them. We're still kind of running those to the ground. But um, if we're fortunate enough, if we're able, um, you know, to stay in Chicago, I would just say. You know, we need to make sure that it's, it's close to the lakefront because I think that's what brings it all together. I always think about, you know, those money shots of Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football, hosting the Super Bowl. You know, I visualize the day that we win a Super Bowl in our stadium in Chicago. But having that view of the lake, of downtown, you know, of that beautiful city, uh, I think we, we deserve to, to see and explore if that's a possibility. Money shot is, uh, in general, just a term for any kind of film. I don't know if anybody <laughs> went to a specific kind of film, but I was able to confirm that money shot uh, really it, relates to any uh, film, video, television broadcast, or even print publication. Yeah, that makes That's sense. That's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good research by you. It's an it's an industry term. The uh, the other part is, I've watched enough games at MetLife on TV. Yeah, they still show, you know, downtown Minneapolis. Is that where MetLife is? No, MetLife's uh, in Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. They still show New York City as if they're in New York City? Yeah. They just lie about it? Yeah. The, the establishing shots saying, of One World Trade and the Statue uh-huh. of Liberty and the Empire State Building. Sunday Night Football is not going to have to limit itself to Arlington Heights. They're not going to be like, and here's the top golf. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful stadium. Here's the Mitsua. It's a great place <laughs> you know, to get Asian groceries. And, I mean, and by the way, they will show off the stadium. They will show the blimp shots. They, you know, but sure. they'll, they'll also show the skyline. Because it's going to be the 
Chicago Bears. That tracks. So, so we're gonna. It's not like oh man, we, they go to Arlington Heights. We we've lost the bean from from <laughs> from Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Where's our Italian beef shot? It's gonna still be there. I want to remind people or tell people if they didn't hear it the first time about this thing that is in the. Uh, it's in the the uh, Illinois Sports Facilities Authority bylaws where this 2% hotel tax can be applied to a stadium and through a loophole, through a new stadium, through a loophole that expires at the end of this year. Okay? And I explained it longer previously. We don't have to do all that again. But very much there is a timeline to take advantage of this very special loophole that is connected to both the White Sox and the Bears stadium pushes. If it seems like things are happening fast, this is part of it. So there's two Kevin Warren cuts that relate to this. One is this one on the timeline of when he'd like to get a deal done. I think the timeline, yeah, it has to be in 2024. I mean, in a perfect world, uh, I would like to, to have clarity in this legislative session that's coming up. Uh, time is money. And, um, you know, it takes probably three years once you put a shovel in the ground. And so, you know, this is one of those ones, I think 24, um, you know, should be the focal point. You know, this is the year. And so, yes, you want to do it as fast as possible because of the three years from shovel to finish. But they have to do it by the end of this year because they have to use that leverage of possibly using Chicago in the lakefront with that bylaw I'm talking about. That expires the end of the year. So nobody in Arlington Heights, if they're buying it now, they certainly won't be buying it after 2024. And then here's the second one. This is actually from his sit down with our friend Marshall Harris over at CBS2 Chicago. This is about Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox and the concurrent stadium battles that are going I've on. I've looked at every piece of land, uh, yes. And the good thing about it, I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf has meant so much you know, to Chicago. So many times in life, people think it has to be an either or. Uh, you know, either the Bears or either the White Sox. And I'm, I'm coming from a mindset, there's enough for everyone. So here's the thing, and I was able to confirm this when we talked about it that day. It is not either or. In terms of this bylaw and a city-bound stadium, it is one or the other. It is one or the other in terms of the financing. So, so, so say that again? In terms of this bylaw to take advantage of, to build a stadium in the city, it is not either, it, it is not, uh, true what he's saying so there, you're saying there cannot be a bear stadium in the south lot and a white Sox stadium at the 78 correct okay that is not going to happen i will guarantee you that that is not going to happen so he needs that possibility to be alive and floating right now as a leverage play against arlington heights it's going to be arlington heights we're all pretty darn sure I'm just telling you, this vision of why can't we both have a stadium is not going to happen because of that bylaw in the ISFA contracts. And that's why Jerry Reinsdorf's moving fast, because he needs to get there first. And Kevin Warren wants it to still be thought of as viable because he needs it as leverage. That is good information from our guy, Matt Spiegel. Uh, we should take this call right now. Chris in Oak Park. Chris, what's up, man? You're on Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Guys, uh, second time caller. Now, one comment and one question. Speaks for your sake, I hope you erase your uh, search history so it doesn't say that you were looking up what a money shot was. I will. Home to wife today. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Happy Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, I was thinking of this question more when I was thinking about some of the comments Parks made. Why is it so darn difficult for the Bears just to come out and say, we are going to take 
Caleb Williams, the number one pick in the draft. You didn't see San Antonio say, you know, we're going to wait till we vet this process and find out if we can find any more information about Wembenyama. We didn't hear the Blackhawks say that about Connor Bernard. Nobody in baseball said that about the kid out of LSU. Why is football so gets in front of itself or in its own way with things like this? Why can't we just say we are going to take the best player that's been on the board? For two years, they've known this guy was going to be the number one pick. I'm going to hang up and listen because I'm interested. Yeah, it's a fair question. Uh, There is differences in the sport, the sports. And the Blackhawks, as soon as they won the draft lottery, did not say we're drafting Connor Bedard. The Spurs, when they won the draft lottery, did not say we're drafting Victor Wembanyama. Everybody knew it. Everybody did like, oh, you know, a week, but they, they didn't actually come out and say it the night that they won the draft lottery. For sure. That would be one thing. That, that's one thing. Um, Wembanyama can just be added to whatever you already have with the Spurs. Bedard can just be added to whatever you already have with the Blackhawks. Adding Caleb and keeping Justin is untenable for lots of reasons that we've discussed. So if they announce that, then the trade value of Justin goes way, way down. Exactly. The trade value of Justin, you don't know what someone's going to offer you for Justin. You don't know what someone's going to offer you for the number one overall pick. Because, of course, you may you may end up wanting to trade that number one overall pick if you find out something horrifying. You also have to hire an offensive coaching staff. Then you want your coaches that are always doing game plan stuff during the week, right? They're prepping for the Packers and the Browns and the Jets and whoever they're playing week to week. Mm-hmm. you got to lump them in with the scouts. The scouts in the front office have been looking at the college players, and then you got to show the NFL coaches the tape, and then they want to meet the players. And so there's just a, it's just different. It's just a, it's just a different ball game. All that said, what did you say the gambling odds were in terms of Caleb going one and and the Bears taking uh, him? Minus twelve hundred. Last I checked, that he goes one, meaning you got to bet twelve dollars to win one dollar, and minus five hundred that he's a bear. So he got to bet five dollars to win one dollar that he's a bear. So, so they don't have to announce it for it to be the overwhelming favorite to happen. Yep, it's basically a uh, fait accompli at this point. You know those money shots. <laughs> any film, any film at all, you know. A television broadcast, as I mentioned, um, a, a video all right, all right. <laughs> of any kind. <laughs> Who knows what it, he's going to say next? And all that's going to come up is yeah. All that's going to come up is Wikipedia and on my searches. It's the only somebody's thing. reading Wikipedia. I, yeah, thank you. I am. Oh uh, man, what a weird day! Including pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training Remember? and Valentine's Day too. And Valentine's Day, we'll Love see. Is if, in the air. We'll see if you won. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Hey everybody, we are live. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. We're having a little fun. I got. I got to put the team first, but uh, you know, it's just the situation we're in right now. Let's not get uncomfortable. <laughs> Tanny, do you have that archived and referenced as Valentine's Day? Because that started. I'm like, what does this have to do with it? I guess it is All-Star Weekend. There's stuff we get to. Oh, I get it. I get it. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's Valentine's Day. Let's not get uncomfortable. I, um, I got my ass kicked at Valentine's Day this morning. Um, my... Wife, yeah, your ass kicked. yeah, just got destroyed by my wife. She's out of town. She's not even here. Mm. And I here I was thinking that romance is dead. Remember yesterday I told you guys I wanted to like go have a drink at the Pedway Bar after the show because my wife's out of town. What am I supposed to do on Valentine's Day? I wake up this morning and there's a card 
that she had left behind. She gave me a clue, and I went and found this incredible card. And then about 10 minutes later, I get a call from the front desk. She had bagels delivered for me and for Ruben today. And there was also, she made like an iMovie of one of our favorite songs, a song he used to sing her Happier Than the Morning Sun by Stevie Wonder. That's a fun movie. <laughs> it was what she did with uh, all these pictures of us. That was on my phone when I woke up. So, I mean, that's three, man. And last Friday, we had decided to celebrate Valentine's Day before she left town. So I took her out to dinner, got her a nice steak, bought her some flowers. I thought I was good. You know what you I mean? You are good. I got dominated this morning, Danny. She beat the crap out of me. Did, she, did she feel like she won? Absolutely. But was, Absolutely. But, was, like, but, but oh. was she not satisfied with your effort? She, no, she was like, well, she said the dinner was her idea, so I don't get points for that. Oh, man. I do get points for the flowers, but I told her, look, my God, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm swimming upstream the rest of the day. I got to think of some stuff. And she starts laughing, and she's like, yeah, I'm kicking your ass. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm swinging from the rim. That's what she said. I dunked on you, and now I'm swinging from the rim. And um, I know, and I, I, I remind her then, you know, Shane thinks this is a terrible way to do Valentine's It is. Day. It's a terrible way to just do <laughs> talking to someone <laughs> that you're married to. But, but again, I prefaced it with, that's your marriage. Right. You, it, it works for you. But I reminded her that, you know, Shane thinks it's a terrible way to do it. She said, well, tell Shane to screw it. Tell Shane to, to, to suck it up. This is us. This is how competitive people do Valentine's Day. And all the while, she's laughing at herself. So at least she's laughing at herself. This is how we do it. Yes. She kicked my ass. I have to figure out some stuff to do. So I think I'm going to go home. I'm probably going to put on a karaoke tracks and video myself singing her a song and send that to her. And us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) CC the show, please. She me. I don't don't think I'll be CCing the show. Probably do something like that. I don't think I could send her something out there. So gave it to myself. Yeah, I, I, I mean, she is out of town, Tanny, after all. I get that you don't want to let your partner down. The competition aspect. I, I'm glad. Steph and I are definitely Valentine's Day compatible. Uh, I get her flowers. She gets me nothing. Now that we have kids, I get her Valentine's from the boys. She gave them little presents, like picked out some presents for them for this morning, some little chocolates. Okay. But then sushi and wine is just we we used to go out to su- our favorite sushi spot sure. all the time when we started day and then so, so now with kids now with kids we we order it just we'll, we'll order in a ton of sushi tonight drink an expensive bottle of wine have a nice night so that's lovely so and that's we just the have expectation like a, and so it's a mutual we're not no gifts on valentine's day to gotcha. each other is like it's not a it's not a gift giving thing it is a I'm not making plans. We're doing something together for uh, Valentine's gotcha. Day. Gotcha. Um, one of Christine's love languages, without a doubt, is gifts. I know, for sure. And the acts of service, like yeah. things like that, gestures. Yeah. She's big into that. So, you know, so she does the same for me. You, you could argue, I don't need it as much as she needs it, so she's probably going over the top with stuff for me. You could argue that. She's trying to love me the way that she wants to be loved. I'm guilty of that, too. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'll make her a big meal, and you know, I'll make her a dinner. She's like, I don't care. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I'm like, but look what I did. She's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't really care about this, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you, yeah. Sometimes you we give do people not care. <laughs> exactly. You give people what you think they want because it's what you would want. But you're don't spo- yeah. care. 
yeah. but, but granted, uh, also as, as a not married person, isn't part of like the compromise of the marriage her then saying, that's how you like to show love. I'm going to accept that. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. But it does take a lot of conversation to get there and several copays. Got it. You know what I mean? Along, along the way. Hey, man. You're like not I wrong. said, you do you. It makes you happy. But if you're going to tell us about it, I'm going to react. <laughs> Amen. Amen. No, listen, and the whole thing of the love language is it is supposed to be that the person that knows your love language right. and caters to it. Yeah. So you could do it if you didn't care about gifts. She could give you nothing. You give her gifts, right. and then she give you words of affirmation or physical touch or uh-huh. whatever, whatever yours is. It's yeah. confusing out there, man. How's your mouse? Oh, stop. What happened to your house? I don't. I, Last it, night you talked about it. We've we've received several unsolicited texts. The mouse has been caught. The, ma- the mouse has been caught. The mouse was in the stove, for anybody who doesn't know, and the, Danny's solution the the was, was... To, to cover the burners with sheet pans and go to bed. And call someone the next day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the guy the next day came out, put some traps, and then this morning there was a mouse in one of the traps. Oh, there was. Yeah. So yeah. you know you've got multiples. You've got, you've got issues. Yeah, so we got, we, got, we got traps elsewhere. We think we got an entry point in the attic. It doesn't look like it's going to be that bad of a situation, but there, we now got a service for, for rodents mm-hmm. to keep them out. But, yeah, well, this morning came downstairs, looked underneath the stove where they had, like, the little trap pads or whatever they were to, like, catch them, and there he was. There he was, yeah. Stuart Little, little ratatouille. <laughs> and, o- and Omar, by the way. Helpful? No. Doesn't care? Walked right past the stove, <laughs> right past the oven, just kept on moseying around. Well, was there a rattle coming out of the stove or the well, oven? No, but I'm saying that there's a mouse under there that you can see if you get down there and look. <laughs> and he's a dog, <laughs> supposed to have some sort of natural hunting inclination, some yeah. sort of protect. He barks at the Amazon delivery guy that shows up six times a day. He barks at a squirrel on the golf course in a tree, but he can't bow. He doesn't. He doesn't even doesn't help out around the house. He doesn't notice a mouse that has infiltrated the perimeter not even helping out i mean my god Does hey, he- omar's a mutt right like, yeah like pr- pretty big mutt yeah dogs will still get like the dominant trait of either the father or their mother like whatever's passed down like we would get eye color or whatever so like he would act maybe like a jack russell terrier where he would go after the the mice maybe omar's dad was just a piece of trash it's possible <laughs> it's possible right he omar's, omar's dad probably hey, just sucked went Dude. out for some milk bones and never came back <laughs> he's a yorkie <laughs> yeah. but he he chases stuff around on the back deck all the time. Like, yeah. he wants nothing more than to catch a squirrel or That's a, his mom. That's his mom's instinct. And that's him up. having fun. This is him seeing you guys struggle and be yeah. like, I'm not doing that. He watched his dad be a deadbeat. His dad only saw him one day a week and sometimes wouldn't even show up for that one day. You know what I mean? Just wouldn't even come back. So he thinks that's what a dad's supposed to be. I guess so. It, it's a new theory, Shane, that you've introduced. <laughs> but I, it was It was wild. <laughs> He, the this story is that Omar's dad was a was an ab- absolute yeah, was piece a of dog da- trash. deadbeat dog dad <laughs> that didn't care if infiltrators came into the house. Yeah. Dude, uh, one of Willie's parents was obviously a massive bitch. Like I am not <laughs> immune to this theory. One of them in, in particular. Yeah, I, I don't know which one, but I, I and do. I met him. I, I met him when I got her. I I just I couldn't believe it. It could only be one of them, frankly. I. The, the boys were playing in the in the playroom, and I knew that mouse was under there, and the guy was coming this morning to, like, check the traps and get him out. So I, I had, like, 30 minutes with this mouse in this trap or whatever. 
And then the dog was there. I was like, oh, well, surely at this point, Omar's going to recognize what's going on. Mm-hmm. They just sauntered on by to his water dish. You lazy piece of... Very upsetting, <laughs> honestly. I don't feel protected at all. No, surely. By my Corgi you Terrier mix, 30-pound lazy puppy. Oh, Corgi. That's right. I forgot he's got some Corgis cor- he's got in some there. Corgi in I there. hate Corgis. They're notorious uh, deadbeats. No, no, corgis were bred to catch foxes in England. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Still hate him. Yeah. yeah. This this dog's the best. I love the dog, but he's lazy. I mean, when's the last time he took out the trash? That's what I'm saying. Is it right? That's Nothing. You know, he contributes other than to the snuggles. Yeah. He's a great snuggler. I mean, do a dish every once in a while. Wash he, a mug. He will lick your the plate. Okay. <laughs> he, he will. He will. Right. Human food. Nothing else though. Nothing. He's just costing us money. Will he lick it clean? Lick it the whole way All around? All the way. Okay. To the point where I'll just eat off of it again. Oh. Yeah. I'll just put some chicken parm right on there. I, mean, I, I know his love's everlasting, but you're taking it a little bit too I far. Went too I far. Think. Hated I that went, scene in Saltburn. I went you too know what far. I mean, Shane? Hated that. <sighs> oh, dude. Oh, there it isn't. <laughs> oh, my God. There it isn't. That, that happens in like the first 25 minutes, oh, too. Yeah. Like you're assaulted Woo. with that bathtub scene. There's, early. there's a few. Danny still hasn't seen it. I still have not seen it. I just saw it for the first time this weekend. Oh, yeah. Did you like yeah. it? No. Okay. You no, didn't I like it at all? Absolutely hated it. Oh, really? Couldn't stand it. Because of the discomfort of those particular scenes? As bad as Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> this guy over here. Not good, dog fans. Right. We're going to talk uh, more at length. We've been covering it all day. We're going to talk more at length about what's going on in Kansas City coming up at 5 o'clock. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. The woo people are out. Thanks for playing some mood thing. That made me feel good. Chilling with my man Rusty Ghost is a beast. Afternoons on the score. Obviously, it's a huge sports story with the shooting at the parade uh, after the Super Bowl parade for the Kansas City Chiefs with one confirmed dead. Um, Albert Breer, national NFL reporter. The Chiefs left the parade in buses and in shock. I'm told players were unbelievable, calming, panicked kids down. Blaine Gabbert, Trey Smith, Austin Ryder, Chris Oletikun all rallied. Smith went to one upset kid, gave him the WWE title belt, and sat with him until he calmed down. So, I mean, the scene, I still don't have a full comprehension, and we're going to play some of the statement coming up at uh, at 5 o'clock, and we now have a reporter who was on the scene who's going to join us in 20 minutes. But it seems like there were – it was in and around the Union Station, which was the backdrop to the Super Bowl parade, and I don't know if some of the shooting happened inside or not. I don't have clarification completely on that. But it sounds like a lot of players were intermingling with fans all of a sudden, which yeah. must have been a very – and not to be glib or, f- like, try to be funny about this, but, like, we watched that parade. They were hammered. You know what I mean? Like, a huge percentage of those guys were fall over drunk, you know. And it, we were making fun of it just before the news broke because yeah, that's course. what these happens at these parades. So, yeah, rather sobering uh, event. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're in that – state and celebration and then you're all of a sudden like consoling crying children who are separated from their families and back to being the role model that so many of these kids look up to you know what an insane experience yeah to be an insane experience for for all involved to be there and there's so many people sadly in this country who can relate i mean my goodness Two people were shot after an event celebrating the Denver Nuggets. 
uh, winning the title as we think about sports as the backdrop. Obviously, the Boston Marathon and that horror um, from from a few years back. And it's when when it when it when it intercedes into a very relatable event, you find yourself thinking about everything. My God, the 2016 rally for the Cubs title was so many people and, and, and everyone vulnerable to this kind of thing, depending on the gun laws of your state and the mental health of the people involved and all of that stuff but you know but it's happened in every state in every state you know, that's that's the thing i mean yeah it's so, happened so, in, in this country more than any other country in the world by far yeah the the kansas city police police chief stacy graves said uh you know this is not kansas city yeah it is yeah, it is of course it is it's aurora colorado and newtown and highland, and park, highland Illinois. park and you know it, it's las it's, vegas nevada yeah it's 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 america it's small town, big city, red state, blue state, college campus, kindergarten, grade school, mm-hmm. high school, retirement home, synagogue, church, mosque, grocery store, suburb, city, farm town. You know, it's it's just it's America. So it came for a Super Bowl parade. It came for sports today. Mm-hmm. And it uh will continue to come because of what you're talking about because no one cares to do anything about getting these guns out of off the street and changing gun laws and all of that mm-hmm. but it'll keep happening and um yeah we'll uh let's hear from the mayor and we'll, we'll, and, get, and, we'll get some of the details on what's gone on we'll have a reporter who w- who was down there and yeah i was thinking about uh my kids are not quite old enough yet but even so like they're about to enter the world of uh, active shooter drills. Um, and I had to send half a dozen wellness checks to people that I know and love that were there today. The old wellness check text when you know that someone that you love is mm-hmm. in the vicinity or at the site of a mass shooting. I'm I bet sure you, on, on Facebook, the uh, check-in for wellness yeah, group has already I'm sure. happened I'm sure. many times over for but this event. My guess is almost everybody in our audience has had to send a wellness check text because you know that somebody was at the site of where there was a shooting and a tragedy like this. It's Parkinson Speak on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 